1: he's
0: one of our favorites. We've had him on a couple of times and grateful during a busy time of the NFL season slash offseason that he can make time for us on this Monday morning. He is Field Yates, NFL insider for ESPN, co-host of the Fantasy Focus Football Podcast. Field, we are on C.J. Stroud Declaration Watch today here
1: in Indianapolis. (laughs) You know, guys, good morning. Thanks for having me on. And It's funny, I figured that the idea of C.J. Stroud's name could come up when you're talking anything related to the Colts this time of the year and i was going to try to not dance around it but also be candid and say that i don't know whether this is real or not but i, I if you guys haven't already told your listeners uh, for those that are maybe just joining the program it sounds like cj shroud might return to ohio state there are less than 48 hours until he has to make a decision one way or the other and if you're wondering how on earth is this possible i have three letters for you n i well, we'll see. I tend to think that these guys almost always will end up going to the pros because it's not like you are required to only make your rookie contract money. There are endorsements. There are professional NIL deals available to you. That being said, the allure of wanting to win a national championship at a place where you've had plenty of success might be appealing to C.J. Stroud for one more year.
2: Field, in your opinion, you know, C.J. Stroud is obviously a, an unbelievable talent. I mean, no question about it. And I know that there has always been discussion about quarterbacks that are playing at programs where they're throwing to dynamic receivers and how that might hurt in their translation into the NFL. But dynamic talent, seemingly one of the top three quarterbacks coming out if he were to come out this year, uh, maybe top four. Where would you rank him or or where would you slot if you had to guess – they would rank one, two, three, and 4 how in terms of teams coveting them?
1: Yeah, I've actually been uh, trying to sort of reshape how I think about quarterback rankings uh, over the past few years because I think one thing that I'm really mindful of is that, uh, first of all, I, I tell people that quarterbacks sometimes like house hunting. Just because five houses are on the market for the same price doesn't mean that five people are going to agree that house a is the best or B is the best, right? Like there's going to be some variance in opinion. It's just human nature. Uh, But for quarterbacks, I'm also mindful of the fact that what a quarterback is able to do is in part, and there are some exceptions, you know, Patrick Mahomes is an alien. I don't think Patrick Mahomes uh, could be dropped anywhere and not be extremely successful quarterback. But a lot of these guys aren't Patrick Mahomes. And where they end up, I think, plays a significant role in just how capable they become at the NFL level. So I almost look at it like an average. So if I were to pull 32 NFL teams and they were to stack the top quarterbacks, one through four, who do I think would have the highest average ranking? And my belief would be the answer would be Bryce Young from Alabama, who, of course, heisman a year ago and led them to the national championship appearance. Like He's been exceptional, obviously, during his time. With the Crimson Tide, uh, the big question marks of Bryce Young. Really, the big question mark is his size. Is he is diminutive in stature? There's no two ways about that. Uh, and then I think CJ Stroud would probably be number two. CJ's got a more quote unquote prototypical college quarterback, or excuse me, professional quarterback build. He's got some good athleticism. Not as not, not an elite athlete. He's not Justin Fields, the guy that succeeded him or preceded him at Ohio State but still a very good athlete. So my guess would be that he would slot in on average as the number two quarterbacks on boards. And then I think it really becomes beauty being in the eye of the beholder because, you know, Will Levis, who I actually happen to have a little bit of exposure to, uh, he is from Connecticut where I live, so uh, he's kind of been a Connecticut legend for a while, has plenty of tools, guys, but there's a lot of refining that is needed. Anthony Richardson from Florida, I mean, a guy whose skill set is just absurd at its very best, might have been well-served to go back for another year. And there are several quarterbacks kind of fit that mold where uh, you may see the good in them and feel really encouraged, but when you catch them on a bad day, you might be wondering to yourself, like, is there any way this guy can last in the NFL?
0: You bring up that word tools, and again, for Chris Ballard, he's a big tools guy. Does that apply to quarterback? We'll see, but Will Levis, Anthony Richardson, a couple of names to keep in mind. Again, Field Yates from ESPN joining us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Field, if you don't mind, I'll ask you to kind of wear the Chris Ballard hat here for just a second, um, and, and I guess let's start with head coach. Uh, they've interviewed seven candidates. What path do you think the Colts should go down on that front? Um, and then I guess a follow-up to that would be what path do you think they should go quarterback-wise? <laughs>
1: So I think I have to start by asking a question, and it's almost—it's not rhetorical, but I'm not sure that anybody has the answer to it, is I'd love to know, like transparently, where exactly Chris Ballard's sort of power and influence is in this organization. I think a lot of us, and no one could speak to this better uh, than you guys, thought that when the team made a decision to replace Frank Reich or just fire Frank Reich in the first place, regardless of who they replaced him with, that it was a G. Mersey decision. And Jim obviously came out and talked about how Chris Ballard's gonna be the GM and he's excellent at his job and said some really nice things about Chris, but it was hard not to think that there were a lot of levers being pulled by the owner and not by the general manager this past year. If the truth is that Chris Ballard's in solid standing and he's gonna be the guy to kind of navigate things going forward, then he has to make a decision. Because this roster is laced is too strong of a word, but there are certainly some really good pieces on this roster that If you put a competent quarterback in place, then this team could be very, very good. That was exactly what we thought coming into this season. And while some guys did not meet expectations, specifically along the offensive line, like you got another great year out of DeForest Buckner, and Stephon Gilmore was an excellent free agent addition, and Yannick Ngakwe continued to do what he does, and generating pressure, the linebacker group, without Darius Leonard found, or I found, but sort of developed guys into stars, right? I mean, like, this roster did a lot of good stuff this year, uh, even in spite of a really poor record. I think if Chris Ballard is the one who is in charge, I think that, and I could be totally wrong here, he's probably at the point where because of how the past few years have gone, not quite as inclined to try to band-aid it, the quarterback spot, with another veteran who's... As, as certain as he is uncertain, I just think that you're probably – there's scar tissue from the Carson Wentz and Matt Ryan experience. Philip Rivers obviously was really, really good for Indianapolis, but a one-year basis obviously makes things a little bit different. Maybe if you're Chris Ballard, uh, you're saying to yourself this morning, but just please declare C.J. Even if the Colts don't love C.J. Shroud, it's just one more quarterback right. in the marketplace. Right.
2: Mm-hmm. In if a year when they you – know, And he's his backs – at this point, Field, would you agree, Field Yates is our guest, that Chris Ballard has to know the time is now, right? Like, you have avoided this drafting of the quarterback for too long. The time is now.
1: Yeah, it it, it feels like that sort of is where we are at. And, you know, I will say this, and fans are going to probably hate this, and it's going to sound like – not sensitive, but it's going to sound like very vanilla. But, like, if there's not a quarterback there that you love – it's not always best business to just jam a quarterback selection onto the board, and this is a bad example because of how things have gone since then. But I'm using it as an example because I think it's it's notable that teams don't always just take the best quarterback available. But the col I'm, excuse me the Panthers a few years ago, uh, two see two drafts ago, didn't like the quarterbacks they forecast forecasted were going to be available and pick eight. Ended up obviously making the trade for Sam Darnold, and Sam played a little bit better down the stretch this past season. But it's not like that was an experiment they probably would do over if they could. And they left Justin Fields and Mac Jones sitting there on the board. And you know each of those guys, you know, independent of the other, has put together one solid season. Like I think I would have rather gone down that path. The Broncos did the same thing, and you know the Russell Wilson experiment is only one year old, but it certainly looks like one that needs a lot, a lot of fixing going forward. So. Um, and both the players that those teams took, you know, Pat Sertan, the second, and J.C. Holm are really, really, really good players. Um, but, you know, I just got to wonder, like, if you are the Colts, you just – you can't force it. But the opportunity cost, you don't want to be taking force very often. And if you don't, then uh, – if you do, it's a, it means you, you, you continue to fail um, – and I don't, I don't think they're planning to the fail anymore. Like, I think they need to be thinking swing big for a quarterback this offseason.
2: Field, I've got a question for you. Field Yates is our guest on the Payless Slickers Hotline. He's an NFL insider for ESPN, co-host, of course, of the Fantasy focused Football Podcast. Um, and, and really good insight on, on the Colts, which I appreciate. I, I did have a question I asked Kevin earlier. Maybe it's rhetorical, but I, I want to see if you can add any perspective on this. On this. this confuses me. We know that because of the unique situation in the Buffalo-Cincinnati game that was canceled, that the AFC championship game now would be on a neutral field. But we now yeah. have Cincinnati having to go to Buffalo in the postseason. Both of these teams coming in, Cincinnati had won more loss than did Buffalo. Meaning, had they played that game and Cincinnati had won it, they would both have four losses. Thus, I believe the home field in the postseason would go, would it not, advantage Cincinnati because the first tiebreaker would be head-to-head. Should this game not be the one that is actually on a neutral field?
1: Yeah, uh, th- there's a very, very compelling case that what you're saying is the truth. Um, and even if like, they had to play, them, I mean, I guess you could potentially make the case that back-to-back games, could be played on neutral sites. One would be the Bills versus the Bengals this weekend. And then if the Bills won against, they play the chiefs the following weekend and you can make the case that that game should be just as deserving to be on a neutral site field. Yeah. And, you know, I think uh, it's important to remember the context here, right? Like playing a game on the road is not you know nearly as significant as the fact that a player literally almost lost his life on the football field. And, and that's the sort of the derivation of, of why all these conversations that we're having right now are taking place. So we're grateful and glad that DeMar Hamlin's safety is in a spot where we're no longer talking about whether he's going to make it or not. That's a really good thing. But I understand that if Bengals fans feel a little bit disappointed right now is, you know, they, they, they win a game at home last night, and it's very likely the last home playoff game they'll have the rest of this year, uh, absent the Jaguars, I guess, doing – what most people believe is unlikely right now against Kansas City. So I hear you. And uh, I, the Bengals, the Bengals are a good team on the road. Uh, they'll, they'll have a chance against Buffalo this Sunday. But uh, if, if Cincinnati fans are a bit jilted this morning, I understand.
0: Uh, he's the great Field Yates from ESPN. He's with us here on the Payless Lickers Hotline. Field, we've had seven names so far for the Colts head coach opening. Offensive minds, Ben Johnson, Shane Steichen, Eric Bieniemy. On uh, defense, Raheem Morris, Aaron Glenn, and Ishiro Averro, and then Bubba Ventrone, the special teams coordinator. We're assuming Jeff Saturday will join that group, your former colleague. Uh, any of those names jump out to you. Yeah,
1: you know, I, I'd say that and I hate to be the person that, like, jumps on the sort of the obvious train here, but Ben Johnson's probably the most intriguing. And some of it is, like, the devil you don't know versus the devil you do know, right? And I guess devil is the wrong connotation. But, you know, the allure of Ben Johnson is that, you know, we've seen some of the other men that have interviewed for this job, and they've been head coaches before uh, on a full-time or interim basis. And I think they're sort of like the shiny object appeal for Ben Johnson right now. But it kind of does tie back to what I was talking about, with Chris Ballard and his influence and his decision about where this roster is right now, because if you're planning on, on drafting a quarterback early uh, and that's, that's sort of the mindset is that like our quarterback solution is going to be a guy 25 years or younger, somehow, some way this offseason? then I think a young offensive mind to pair with that quarterback is pretty logical for all the obvious reasons. Um, If you plan to go down the veteran route, and you, you try to pursue a Derek Carr or a Baker Mayfield or a Jimmy Garoppolo, and if fans are, are frustrated hearing those names, I get you. I'm just throwing out the names that might potentially be available. Then I could see a court, a, a head coach that's kind of been there and done that before. Um, but I think it is probably dependent upon where their mindset is right now. I also got to be entirely honest with you guys. is um, I am trying to change my ways as well uh, with like lathering on the praise of head coaching hires, uh, because I went back and, and, and watched and read and saw some of the analysis over, as an example, what happened when the Broncos hired Nathaniel Hackett last year, and you could have had me convinced that they had hired Vince Lombardi. <laughs>
2: right, right. Ben,
1: he lasted 15 games. So I'm not trying to not do my job. I'm also trying to be realistic with those that are listening. Very like, smart. <laughs> hey, I, I'm impressed with the job that Ben Johnson did as a coordinator for the Detroit Lions. I've also spent zero days of my life working with Ben Johnson and have no idea how he would hold up in the room when he's addressing the defense after a win or a loss or a tie or whatever, right? Like, there's a lot more to going into the uh, to becoming a head coach of the NFL and being really good at it, than how you handle, uh, you know, Jared Goff and Jamal Williams and Jameson Williams uh, during the 2022 NFL regular season.
0: Field, we'll end with this. And again, really appreciate your time this morning. Uh, you think Lamar Jackson's back with the Ravens?
1: I do, uh, and, but I, I'm starting to grow more weary of it by the day. The only reason why I say I do is just because there's such an obvious way for the Ravens to ensure that happens, which is the franchise tag, and that seems it'd – be, it'd be a discount if he plays next year on that franchise tag. And you know, with, with the Ravens, like they've invested so much into their roster around the kind of player that Lamar Jackson is that – if they move on from Lamar, move on from Lamar Jackson, like, yes, they're going to get an absolute bounty of picks in return for it. But it also means like a, like an admission that we're going to have to reconstruct our roster entirely. So I'd be surprised. That being said, the vibes are extremely weird right now. Like the fact that he didn't show up to the game last night, I've heard. Listen, I'm aware of the fact that teams don't always bring injured players with them on road trips. All right. And I know, Hey, you know, if you've got, swelling or inflammation, being on a plane is not ideal, not perfect. You're the freak you're the face of the franchise. What is it, like a, a, an hour flight from Baltimore to Cincinnati? Like I'm telling you, that to me was noteworthy. And I'm not blaming the player or the team there, but like it's it definitely stood out to me that he wasn't there. And I think more than anything, it signals that there is a disconnect right now between the player and the franchise. And they have to figure out quickly whether they can A, work through that, and then B, find some middle ground on an extension. Because I know that they will always have the resources to find a way to make a deal that works, but it just holds up your ability to do other business. Like you're constantly managing the cap. And if Lamar Jackson's cap hit is going to be twenty-five or twenty-six million dollars in the franchise tag next year, and then you have to budget another forty the following year for a second franchise tag. That's different than if you have a long-term deal done, where that number is going to be dramatically lower in year one.
2: Yeah. At Field Yates on Twitter. Field, we appreciate it as always and look forward to talking to you again, uh, perhaps as we get deeper into the offseason. But certainly appreciate the time. Yeah,
1: See you guys next month at the Combine. Can't wait. Love Indianapolis and uh, love what you guys – love the entire city's effort to uh, make the Combine as great as it is. Appreciate that, Field. Thank you. All right, guys.